Hey, Peter, hurry up, man. You're wasting time today a lot. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm, Pe- I'm Peter Martin. Are you listening to You'll Hear a Podcast? Daily jazz advice coming at you. Fast enough for you, Well, buddy? it is. I mean, I, yeah. I was, <laughs> oh, wait. We joke because we love. <laughs> uh, today's episode is brought to you by... Soundslice.com. Soundslice.com. Did you forget? No, of course not. Okay. Go to soundslice.com slash transcribe. Yes. I'm just trying to waste time. To also, go to soundslice.com slash community. Oh, yeah. Did we mention that? I, I seem excited because I am excited yeah. about the community. It's a great place to go check out. Other- not just because we're featured on it. We are. I mean, we are. Open <laughs> yeah. Studios. Prominently You know, featured. you could check out Open Studios' uh, theme song, Emotion in Motion, That's on right. SoundSlice.com as well. Right. Um, what a great sponsor. What a great tool. A great transcribing tool. Great learning tool. Great team. Great software. Oh, man. Elegant a, software. Developed by musicians, for musicians. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, so today, we're talking about... Um, I don't want to slow it down here a bit. I don't slow want you to freak out. Yeah. Uh, talking about learning new tunes, we got a speak pipe from Pierre. What's up, Pierre? Hi, guys. Uh, it's Pierre from France. Big fan of the show. Big fan of Open Studio. Um, I have a question for you guys. In a recent episode, Peter started playing Coltrane's solo on Giant Steps, and that got me thinking... Uh, how do musicians remember so many tunes? I'm always impressed by musicians who can start comping or soloing on any cold tunes at a jam session, because for me, it's pretty hard to remember a single tune for more than a week. So how do you approach learning a new tune, for instance, the melody, the chord progression, etc.? And how do you make sure it's set in your memory so that you'll be able to play it a few weeks or a few months later? Thanks for your advice. Uh, 21 star reviews, that's seven stars for each of you guys because i including andrew and uh yeah thanks cheers why nice. shout a out l- to andrew a little love for andrew i like it thanks pierre yeah man yeah from france first of all i just want to say uh, i'm so impressed when we we probably half of our speak pipe uh, voice messages and, and i will just remind everyone you can leave us a, a speak pipe if you want yeah anybody yeah uh not you not me we're not allowed to i might okay um at you'll hear it.com. So right. please go do that. But uh, probably half of ours are from other countries. Yeah. And the level of English that's spoken, like I speak a little bit of French. Je parle un petit peu de français parce que je suis américain. Je ne parle pas bien le français. So anyway, like I said, yeah. But their English is so much better. I know. But I'm so impressed. So I want to thank you guys. Although now I'm thinking I am including Canada in other countries. So that's not as impressive. But the other, the non English speaking and UK. We'll take the international love wherever we can get it. Exactly. Yeah. But thank you, Pierre. Awesome English. Um, And then just talking about remembering things in general, I would recommend Ginkgo Biloba. Uh, I'm not a doctor, and this is not approved by the FDA, but that's a good way to remember things. No, let's talk about some real ways to remember. And he's talking about, he's asking about learning new tunes, but I think that the real emphasis is here is like how to learn them, to really internalize them and know them for life. Like, yeah. like, like to long term memory of a new yeah. tune, not just learning a new tune on a superficial level. You know what number one is, right? Uh, uh, routine? No, no, that was yesterday. Listen? Listen. Listen. Yeah. Yes. We are so darn consistent here. Number one is listen always, and it includes learning new tunes because uh, if you could sing it, you should be able to play it. Right. You know, if you can, if you have listened to a tune so much uh, that you you can hear where the changes are going to go, you know where the melody is going to go, even if you've never played it. Has that ever happened to you where someone calls a tune that you really don't play? 
at a jam session or on any occasion, but you've heard it so much on a recording yes. that you can pick it out no problem. Yeah, it, yeah, it would at least give me a little bit of, uh, you, you know, courage to be able to try to do that, and then you're kind of listening in the moment, and right. then so it's a co- kind of a combo listening thing that really helps you push you over the finish line. But but having that deep understanding of the tune because you've you've listened to it a lot because you understand it. Uh, that really helps me. So I would say, Pierre, when you're learning tunes, and I love to do this anyway, go find as many versions as you can. Mm. Find the ones that you love the most and listen to them as much as you can as you're learning the tune. Yeah. And you will uh, absorb it in a way that's deeper than yeah. not. And maybe away from, uh, I mean, certainly at your instrument, but even more away from your instrument. I mean, I always think like the ideal way to learn a new tune is to know it so well never sitting down at your instrument first yep. that you've got such a head start to learning it. Now, what happens is we get excited about stuff, we hear it, and we immediately want to learn it. There's nothing wrong with that, too. But in an ideal world, I think you want to be kind of constantly listening to... You have to be careful because you don't want to be listening to so many different things that you're not listening deeply or repeatedly where you can get to that point of like true absorption of it before you start. So you have to limit what you're listening to, which is yeah. hard nowadays yeah. when, when you've got access to you know so much great music from so many different directions. But you want to listen to it over and over again, as you alluded to, stuff that you really like, stuff that you love, and so that you can... Um, have that head start, have it in your ears. But I would say, what, what do you think about this? I, I mean, this is something I've never been that consistent with, but I've done some that kind of like when you cross the line from listening to a tune that you want to learn into actually kind of trying to start to figure it out, maybe map out, mind map out the form a little bit, mm-hmm. start thinking about like some strategies for learning before you even hit the piano. Yeah, no, I, I'll think about the form for sure. Yeah. And I'll try to pick out changes if I can. Yeah. Um, definitely before I hit the piano. Yeah. But this brings up another great point. Yeah. Uh, and this is still dealing with listening is don't learn the tune ever. If you can help it off of a real book or sheet music. Right. You know, go to the, uh, you know, source of, of the tune that you want to learn the version you want to learn. Is that Evian in France? (laughs) The the source for water. No, but learn it from the recording. Yeah. Uh, if you have to reference it with the the chart later, yeah. first of all, the real book is wrong in a lot of these cases. Uh, it's not a- as accurate as the recordings are going to exactly. be. Exactly, um, and you will again learn it so much deeper by picking it off from the recording at at your instrument. And I this agree. is after you've already kind of maybe mapped out the form in your head away from the instrument and can right. sing the melody. You know how it's going to go. Right, right. There's no surprises. And then you sit down at the piano and you figure out. Oh, okay. That's an E flat nine, not an E flat minor nine. Okay, right. You know, little details, maybe the intros, the outros, all the things that get lost in the real book. Yeah. Um, the counter melodies, all of that stuff. Well, and then certain like like that's such a great way to such an organic and and lovely way to learn music, and and it 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 really, you know, when we talk about different ways to learn and kind of progress and move through anything in the arts or sciences or or you know poetry or really anything in this world by kind of absorbing it and learning it in in a way that it's best presented so we would think about like sculpture like how can what would be the best most organic way to learn about sculpture it might be like feeling it you know like like what does it feel like as opposed to like reading about it or listening to a podcast about it whatever and so like music we the reason we're always like listen 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 is because that's the medium that music is presented we're not like watch 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 i mean you can do that you can watch videos but it's really about listening 
to the music because that's our creative process is coming from that. So it's like yeah. we're reverse engineering the whole process of what the hell we're trying to do. No one who's not a musician sits there and reads music for fun. Right. To get that information. They right. listen to music. Right. That's, and so we need to. And especially this is the tradition in jazz. I know it's different in classical music, but right. non-classical music pretty much across the board. Yeah. We have to listen to this music. We have to learn it by ear. Well, I think classical music was actually not originally not that different. It was just that it, I agree. it came up in a time when there weren't recordings. So like, yeah. you know, because people talk about, well, you know, classical conductors are reading the scores and stuff, but they're also listening. Like when they no. look at a score, they're hearing it. They listen to a lot of different they versions to as it. well. Yeah. They go hear live versions. They listen to famous recordings and they're yeah. trying to, to interpret the actual sound of it as well. Yeah. But you're right. There were no recordings when, especially like the romantic, the classical period, all that stuff. Yeah. And so that was a, a tradition to hand down the music. There was no other way to pass it down. I forgot I was wearing that. Big shout out to Adidas, by the way. <laughs> no, but um, the other part about staying away from the page as long as you can or as much as you can is that uh, certain kinds of tunes, many tunes, can appear uh, more complicated than they actually are and certainly less organic than you might be feeling them as you're listening and kind of loving and passionate about that music. And then you're trying to kind of translate it to the to the to your instrument, so it can become a barrier and make something seem more complicated than it is. Kind of like if if you learn how to you know directions based upon some very intuitive sort of feeling like where the sun is mm -hmm. and like to how to drive around town or walk somewhere and like you use I don't know like the sun and the time of day like things that we've kind of gotten out of the habit of yeah. actually because we're like right, let's go to the GPS yeah. but I mean if you do it like that then it can be much more intuitive you yeah. know so like if you're looking at you're giant actually getting steps, more information you're getting more information yeah. in the right medium and so like giant steps on paper can look super complicated and look it is a complicated well, no but if you read it on paper you're reading but if you listen to the recording you hear immediately that first difference is Right, that baseline and the way that changes how well, you that's hear just, it yeah now you're just getting into the inaccuracies of or or just the inability for the chart, even a well-made chart, right, to you really represent everything that's like, that you you're hearing. You could really do that in a lead sheet and yeah. be accurate with it. Yeah. It would be hard. And if you did, it would become very complicated. You'd exactly. be overwhelming. Exactly. and you know. But that's why we go to the source. That's why yeah. we go to the recording, yeah. because that little bit of information is great to have. Even if you don't play that, to know that that's where the original sounded like is, is well. good to have. Hey, Manjara. And what? That's Nigerian for go to the water, <laughs> to the source. <laughs> yeah, hey, Manjara. Um, the other thing I would say on this... I mean, and I know listening take up, took up most of this, and it's <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that you can do that I like to do is just play the heck out of it. Call it at every jam session you go to. Put yeah. it in your in your set list every time you play. Yep. If you're playing a duo session with a friend, call it. Don't yep. be afraid of it. Ooh, I've got a great ultimate tip today. Oh. You're going to like it. You know it, but you're going to like it. Did you think of this That's, before we started? I just, just thought <laughs> of it. I just thought of it. Ooh, me likey, me likey. But don't you agree that like yeah. you got to play it? you got to play it in different scenarios. Make your friends learn it. Make sure that you're all playing this stuff. That's what yeah. all people who are learning uh, a repertoire are doing. Faith comes by hearing. That's right. The good book told you that one. And then, you know, other than that, obviously take it through different keys, learn different versions. Yeah. Um, but uh, really be patient. Yeah. You know? You would, be, I think, you'd be surprised at how many great musicians don't have a huge repertoire. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's the classic, stereotypical New York pianist who knows, 
you know, 385 tunes. Thousand. Oh, no. Yeah. And all the verses and intros and can yeah. play it in all keys with any singer ever. Yeah. But we're not all Bill Charlap. Exactly. I was just thinking of Bill <laughs> when you the what, what you just described, I'm like, you mean Bill Charlap. And all his, his buddies, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you, I mean, they're great pianists who don't have a huge repertoire. They have their repertoire that they like and that they want to present to the world. And that's okay, too, you know. And plus, I think what we just outlined and what we're talking about today is really a way of deeply learning um, tunes so that you will remember. And that's really what Pierre was asking about, too, like where you really know them and you can recall them years later, months later, weeks right. later, totally. decades later. That's different. I mean, you could go through and learn hundreds of tunes but not learn in the right way or, or push through it so much you didn't really learn it. Yeah. You know, and this whole thing of like memor I'm a, I'm a big proponent of trying to memorize the tune as you're learning. It takes Absolutely. a little bit longer. And so that ties into this whole thing of like going straight to the source, trying to stay away from that lead sheet as much as possible yep. so that you can. I mean, then you're forced to memorize as you go. So at least you don't have to go through that step because a lot of people get stuck on learning it. And then yeah. if they don't have the music, they don't. I'm like, you don't know it. If you're reading, that's just <clears> reading the music. If you're a good sight reader. And, you know, we, we know some great symphony players that can sight read anything. Totally. So in, in theory, they know an infinite number of songs. If that's all it takes to, to know a song is to be able to read but it. But that's not what this is about. That's not what this is and about. And it's really about finding your repertoire. It's about finding those tunes that are going to stick with you. Yeah. Do you think there's ever going to be a part in your, a time in your career where you're not going to play Sophisticated Lady at this point? No. Because it's part of you. Yeah. It's part of your, yeah. th your what you present to the world. And exactly. you do it beautifully. And I have those too. And that's what we all are yeah. trying to shoot for is... Not to not to just know tunes just to know tunes, no. but find the music that we want to to put out there in the world. Yeah. You know? Speaking of that, our sponsor, SoundSlice, we'd just like to mention them. It's going to seem like, wow, well, how do they fit into this? Actually, they oh, fit very nicely. Into very this, nicely. Because... Yeah, you want to learn a new tune. Yeah, everything is based there upon the audio or the video version of it then being synced up with actually transcribed notation, sometimes lead sheets or whatever, but that can really give you that framework to have the notes there to assist, but you're never losing track of that reference recording, which I love. I mean, it's such a great way to learn. And then if you want to do some transcribing and documenting of something that, that you learned a new tune or solo, whatever, they've got the premier system for doing that, getting that input and synced up in a beautiful and elegant way. Awesome software. Highly recommend Sound Slice. We use Love it. it. We use it all the time. Love it. Okay, so what's our ultimate tip? Okay, well, before we get to that, we got to talk a little bit about our other sponsor, Open Studio, because this is a very exciting week for us. It really is. We kind of, um, you know, slid <laughs> right into our new platform and announcing that because we really wanted, we're so excited about our new course, uh, Jazz Piano Jumpstart, that we collaborated on. Our most structured and beginning, you know, for the novice, for the neophyte, for the ultra beginner of seven jazz weeks piano. to jazz piano mastery. Come on, get off your couch and get on the bandstand. Okay, Let's lawyers won't actually let us say that. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, I it's, it was also good. it's not true. It's not true. I'm sorry, <laughs> I totally didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, but it is seven seven weeks, seventy seven dollars typically. Typically, yeah. yeah. But not for our listeners. We're giving them ten bucks off. Yeah, how do they we, do we that? We committed to doing it. Coupon code, offer code, not a coupon code. Offer code at the top of the checkout page. JP. J10. That's right. Right? Yeah, that's right. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And it's on our brand new JPJ platform, openstudiojazz.com. Right. Uh, we're so excited about this because it's like, I mean, it's like driving a Ferrari. It's, it's so like, yeah. fast. It, it's it's fast AF and it and it's and it's beautiful and simple AF. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, what about the old platform? This is the same open studio, the same great teachers, Christian McBride, Diane Reese, Peter Sprague, Adam Manis, Gregory Hutch. Everybody's coming over and we're going to be sliding over over the coming weeks. But um, really, this jumps, this new course is is our opportunity to present the new uh, platform and the, the new course. And we think it's going to be the beginning of some great things. Uh, we're going to be able to add 
Sound many, Slice, of course, is still there. Sound Slice is still a big part of it. But we're going to have great new features like practice routines, quizzes. I'm really yeah. excited about all on this new platform. Oh, the new All Access Pass is going to be the bomb. Oh we're not ready to announce yeah, it's not, it yet. It's not ready yet. But, but it's, it's going to have a whole you'll hear it component. That's going to be very exciting. But go over to uh, check out the Jazz Piano Jumpstart kick tires for us a little exactly, bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, ultimate tip. Um, we got, we got. I forgot what. Oh no, I remember. Okay, so for learning a tune, you mentioned something um, that was just in passing that I think is important as far as learning it in different keys. That's actually a great way to learn the tune, even if you only play it in the original tune, original key. If you perform it in the original. If key, you only yeah. perform it in the original key, learning it, at least practicing it some in other keys, does something to your brain mm. where you really kind of know it long term because yeah, you're sure. learning it in some different ways. So that's really good. And then the other side of that that I love to do is learn especially if you're a pianist, well, even if you're not a pianist, do it on the piano or the guitar. Learn the melody and the root movement first and only those and then take those through a few different keys. Don't worry about the inner harmony or anything. Once you know that, you really know the form better than you think and you start to, what it does is it forces your ears, number one, listen, mm -hmm. to be able to fill, to have to fill in that harmony. Yeah. So you're kind of holding back a little bit on that but I find that you learn a tune, especially standard tunes, bebop tunes, a lot of different kind of tunes but standards, kind of more standard repertoire, you learn it in a way so deeply that you'll never forget. I still think about giant steps like that. You know? Oh, it's so true. Yeah, you yeah. learn that melody, that bass line, that's like three quarters of the way there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And we've got a great uh, listener song going out today. We've been having some fun with these. We're getting some compliments. Folks are excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, you can, uh, if you want to have your song played at the end of the podcast, just send a MP3 to Andrew at openstudionetwork.com. Uh, email him that MP3. And uh, if it's good enough. Yeah, maybe we should do like a Shark Take type episode. A competition. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> That'd be fun. This is, uh, this is great. This is A Few Blocks Up by Michael Anderson from Brisbane, Australia. Thank you, Michael, for sending this in. Check it out, and until tomorrow, you'll hear it.